Baldy Reports. With me, as always, is my co-host, Joe Bitts. And how is it going, Big Joe? Well, we were talking about a lot, a lot off the mic, and I had to press the record button so we can get in here and do that. And so I think really off the bat, what I heard is maybe Jimmy Carter, or was it, what president was Jimmy Carter? He was the 39th president. Okay, and probably called the worst president thus far, except for old Gramps that's stepping in right now. Everything's eerily similar. You had inflation was going up. Mm -hmm. You had an energy crisis. You had crisis in the Middle East. You had problems with Russia because Russia invaded Afghanistan in the last year and a half of his presidency. And then it just seems like Carter, President Carter was overwhelmed at the job. It just seems like he was, he looked just so a little insight about Carter is that he cared more about the inner workings of the White House than he did anything else. There's another tidbit for him. Carter didn't have a chief of staff. Okay. Now, what I mean, that may be who cares about that, but President Eisenhower instituted the chief of staff because mm-hmm. he had a chief of staff when he was Supreme Allied Commander in Europe, and that was Bedell, General Bedell Smith. Yeah. So then later on in his last maybe two years, he went back to a chief of staff, and then someone walked into President Carter's office, and there were stacks of papers and everywhere. He walks into his chief of staff's office, and everything is nice and neat, and he goes, they should switch jobs. Yeah. Because the chief of staff needs to be detail-orientated. The president needs to just think big picture. Yeah. So I think, do you think, because they were touting Trump. They were saying Trump's going to be the worst president. By far, not even compared. And especially within the first, we're like in the first. 100 days. We're, we're past the first 100 days, but in 200 days, it's like going to be some like. We'll have to see how this goes. I mean, it really, okay. The reason I say that is last week, the jobs numbers come out. And they were appalling. And they were more than just appalling. They were just way off the mark it was the worst job report in a generation and the reason i say that well i did want to talk about the jobs go on okay the reason i said that all the experts all the economists were expecting about nine hundred seventy-eight thousand jobs to a million jobs to be created okay so when the job numbers did come out by the bureau of labor statistics showed only two hundred sixty-six thousand jobs a little off the money okay the time almost every time if they're off the money, it's usually by 20,000, 30,000 jobs. You're talking, they were off the mark by 700,000 jobs. Mm-hmm. Then on Wednesday, which is for today's Thursday, Wednesday, the CPI consumer price index came out and inflation jumped. Now, is that inflation overall, inflation in the housing market? What that, is that inflation? They, they took for the consumer price and they took prices over across the broad stretch of the economy. They took housing, they took the auto sales, mm-hmm. not just new cars, used car sales. They looked at your commodities. This is your like corn, meats, things like that. They look at a broad range of prices. And they said about 13 years. So if I'm doing my math correctly, that was probably right before Barack Obama took over. So it was like a, maybe like a Bush out Barack Obama. And they said that the inflation hasn't been this big it's, since 13 years, or it hasn't been, or it hasn't been this a much big of an increase. Increase in about it was goes back. Yeah, it goes back a number of years now. In the 70s, and it just didn't just start with president. Okay, before you go there, let's go back to jobs numbers. I'm trying to 
figure it out real quick. So when the jobs numbers come out, is it saying these are the jobs available or no, these are the jobs that were created? Okay, these are the jobs that and are they filled or are they these are new jobs that are coming in. New jobs people got. Okay, but new then, jobs people got. Okay. Then, got it. Later on, they showed, and I can't remember what government agency. I want to say the the Commerce Department. Then they said there was eight million jobs available. Okay, that are not filled, and this is what small businesses are facing. Yeah, they got you drive around and you help wanted signs everywhere. Now people attributed to demographical changes. Yeah, but the big reason is people make more on unemployment between the state and the federal government than they do when they... But is there still that issue of the $15 an hour thing? Is now, okay, is $15 even, even is it good enough now because we've been paying these people that have been off work 19 to $21 an hour? It's not sustainable over time because the small business, okay, and I'm sure some listeners, I know one's called me on it, but I work at Chick-fil-A just to get this business going. It's the only job I could get. And I make about 12 bucks an hour. Not a great wage, but I make 12 bucks an hour. Yeah. A lot of these businesses can't sustain yourself on this. If you're talking moving from minimum wage, it depends what state you're in, to $15 an hour, you're talking almost a 30 to 40% jump in your labor costs. Yeah. Then you got to factor in all the other costs. Now at Chick-fil-A, they had it on the news this morning because I saw it on the business channel that they're having a shortage of the Chick-fil-A signature sauce and a couple other their sauces. Yeah, we talked about it. Yeah, we did. And the reason is because of the supply disruption and then they can't find employees. But now the other thing that's coming in, truckers. There's a shortage of truckers now. Yeah, and truckers make good money. They make good money, but see, if there's a shortage of truckers, then you got people, they're the ones that move the goods and services around. Yeah. So if, okay, then the truckers, they also have refrigeration units to refrigerate some of the, the perishable goods. That takes fuel. If you had the disruption with Colonial Pipeline when they got hacked, that's going to impact the trucking community. So has anything like that happened before with the Colonial Pipe or similar to the Colonial Pipeline where our, our, our pipeline just shut down? And I got it's a little funny what our current administration says about the pipeline. But before you got the way the Colonial Pen happened, Colonial Pen, Colonial Pipeline was hacked by uh, Russian criminal elements. Pipelines have gone down. We had disruption. That was mainly through natural disaster, like Hurricane, Hurricane Katrina was the prime example that really affected the the oil refineries in our Gulf Coast. The cause in the seventies. I remember. I, I never remember it. Like seeing initially, it first. the cause was the Yom Kippur War. This is when the Arabs and the Israelis went at it, and we supply. Russia got involved by supplying the Arabs. But we could supply the Israelis far faster than they could. And the Arabs were like, the hell with that. We're going to put an embargo on the United States and the West. And a lot of the Western countries in Europe used to back Israel. But when that embargo hit, they switched. So let's fast forward now. We have Israel going up against Hamas. Okay. And so we got this conflict going on. Israel's rounding up some ground troops about to go in there, and they're going to stop a mud hole in that place. And and if we were, because we were energy dependent a few months ago, and now we're not, is this going to affect us in the long run? It will, because 
oil floats on the international commodity sector. And when Joe Biden canceled the Keystone XL pipeline and he puts all these regulations onto fossil fuels to go toward wind and solar, you're going to have disruptions. Is okay, but is it maybe is that maybe them maybe okay say the united states does help israel which i think we should no, but we i don't I, I think i but i really right now it looks like this administration is just neutral but see okay but things have changed yeah. for years we were told the only way to get peace between the arabs and the israelis you had to get peace between the palestinians and the israelis mm-hmm. you had to solve the palestinian problem trump comes along and says no you don't we're not the hell with the Palestinians. Yeah. Let's our common goal and our common enemy is Iran. Mm-hmm. Now, in the latter stages of the uh, Obama administration, because Israel's common enemy was Iran, and so were the Arab Gulf states, they didn't want Iran to get a nuclear device. So basically, the old adage in the Middle East: "The enemy of my enemy is my." Okay. So the Arabs moved toward and started to recognize Israel. Trump comes along and pushes the the Abraham Accord, where you had four or five Arab countries sign peace agreements with Israel because they saw a common enemy was Iran. Okay, so Trump or Jared Kushner, so Jared Kushner sets up all these peace deals. If Israel goes into Hamas and just wipes them out, is that going to affect the peace deals around? No, okay, because the, the Arabs... For years, they tolerated the Palestinians. They just think they're just a, a pain in the neck. Okay. Why haven't, I think, have has the United States been involved with Israel to the point where, hey, please don't go in there and, and stir it up? Where we kind of, I would think. We, we have, we've made overtures on certain things. Don't do this. Republicans and Democrats have said to Israel on certain things. Israel will. Well, listen, we've had a great relationship with Israel for decades. Mm-hmm. Barack Obama, President Obama comes along and he switched, he backed Israel, but he wasn't a strong supporter of Israel. Yeah. He was more strong supporter of the Palestinians. Then Trump comes in and tightens the bond. Retightens the bond, moves the, the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. So the way I'm picturing is, imagine, yeah, imagine Israel as a pit bull. And then, so here is America with the 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 leash, just holding it back. Because I think, or from what I've heard, that the reason why they don't want Israel to go into Palestine and just clean house is because there's more of a religious connotation behind it. Because the revelations, and I don't know that no verbatim, but there was just like when Israel goes in on the holy wars, it's like. We're getting closer and closer to the rapture. I think I know what you're talking about to the end of the whole concept of what's going on in the Middle East is all wrapped around religion. Yeah. I know. To be honest, I think God's got a sense of humor. (laughs) And the reason I say that he puts the three main religions of the world, Mm -hmm. Judaism, Catholicism and Judaism, Christianity and Islam. Their holy sites are 100 feet from each other. And it's all, Jerusalem is really, it's just a rock. But all three main religions keep that city as their sacred thing. Okay. So either way, it can go either way. So why not? Why don't we just, hey, Israel, go take care, go clean house. Is there is there any anything that's going to affect America if we just let... Israel just do what they need to do. That's what happened. During the Yom Kippur War, Egypt went into the Sinai. Syria came down through the Golan. 
Jordan came in and it just Israel almost lost because they they were overconfident because they had won pretty bad. They beat up the Arabs in the Six Day War of 1967. So anyway, because we backed Israel and gave them the weapons they needed to turn the tide, the Arabs boycotted us. Okay. That's when America wasn't energy independent. We were dependent on that Middle Eastern oil. Yeah. And we hadn't been energy independent since 1945. Mm -hmm. Trump comes on. It started under the Bush, moved into Obama when we got into fracking and other technological improvements that we now make it easier to extract oil. We use different technologies that we didn't have before. So Trump comes along and says, we got our energy. Why are we beholden to these individuals? Let's be energy independent. And then we became a net exporter of our energy. So what's okay. What's maybe Biden says, okay, maybe there's something where we get boycotted again. And Biden just goes back and says, Hey, Keystone pipeline go, goes back up. And now we're back to being energy dependent and independent. He can collect all the praises. No, but the difference here is when the oil shock went in 1973 and again in 1979, this is during the Iran revolution. There was no Iran like it is today. So the Arabs, they fear Iran because Iran, they think it's their holy duty to be the power in the greater Middle East. Mm -hmm. Shiite, Sunni split type thing. Yeah. So this time, it it's not going to be the same. But at the same time, the Biden administration needs to understand that, yeah, wind and solar can be part of the energy infrastructure, but it can't be the primary focus because... If you take California, and I know I use California a lot, last couple of years, especially last year, they have heat waves in August, excuse me, in July and August. So they rely so much on wind and solar that when that doesn't generate enough energy, you need something that's going to replace that. And they don't have it. And when you have more people using energy than is collected through the grid, you're going to have brownouts. Uh, so I think Israel is maybe just, it's going to be a bloodbath if Israel steps into Hamas, isn't it? There's a yes and no. It all depends what Israel does. I don't mean by moving in. In 2006, Israel went at it with Hezbollah. Hezbollah is the terror, the Shiite terror group up in Lebanon. Israel got beat pretty bad. Because they used the wrong strategy. They were fighting a counterinsurgency, but they were using modern state versus state type warfare. And one of the problems, and I read an after action report, one of the problems they had is a lot of their regiments and divisions haven't trained together for years. Hmm. They've always did operations like at the platoon level. They never did anything like when, for us when we did a CACS, which is a combined arms exercise in 29 Palms. Yeah. You have battalions and regiments and divisions doing things. Mm. But if you haven't operated in division battle training as a division, yeah. you're not going to be well. Now, when they went at it with Hamas back in 2014, Israel learned its lesson from 2006 and they did they fought far better yeah because they used different tactics that were more conducive to that if they do the same thing hamas is going to feel it now i don't think they're going to go in and occupy they're going to have certain objectives that they want to meet and they're going to go in because hamas is playing dirty because they like to launch their missiles from like schools or Correct. hospitals or something like that and then when israel decides to retaliate 
oh my god, why would you bomb a school or why would you bomb? Well, if you remember when we were in Iraq and Afghanistan, I know you weren't in Afghanistan, but you were in Iraq and I was in Iraq. The insurgents fire from mosques, they fire from schools, yeah. hospitals. Nothing was sacred. Nothing was sacred. So when we go in and, sh- and bomb those areas, they say, see, look what the Americans do or what they did. And when I was there in 2005 in July, I even got into it with one of the reporters. But they baited the Americans. The gaslighting. What they did is they had kids and they knew Americans like kids. Mm-hmm. So the Americans were given candy to the kids and they used they took a V-bit, a vehicle borne explosive device or car bomb, and they killed like 30 kids killed six Americans. But the big story of the day, six Americans were killed and not this. They didn't, and the media didn't say, and I told this reporter, how come you didn't cover that? Yeah. Why did you cover only this? Because it's whatever kind of flashes on the screen and gets people's attention. If it bleeds, it reads. If it's negative or, and he even manipulated a story. He went on a raid, not a raid, a mission with us. We took school supplies that were shipped in from Ohio, no, Iowa, from the Iowa National Guard. And I'm the one who who helped bring it in. We flew it on FedEx into Oman, flew it up to Kuwait and trucked it in. Yeah. That didn't get in the, the article. But he talked to one rep- one soldier who said, oh, yeah, we had to worry about snipers. I go, what snipers? We had a 22-vehicle convoy. You could see us miles away. Yeah. There were kids everywhere getting school supplies, stuffed animals. But that didn't make the story. No. Never does. So let's go to the Colonial Pipeline a little bit. You wanted to talk about that. Yeah, that obviously the, most people know it. On Saturday, Colonial Pipeline was hacked by, we found out, by Russian. They say it's Russian, but is that well, are so, we for sure? So far as what everybody's been saying, I think some of the intelligence have been saying it was Russian criminal elements inside. Okay, I want to call BS on this for a second. Okay, Uh, a few things. So, yeah, we don't know who the hackers are. They wanted untraceable cryptocurrency. Now, the most we've known or the more the most popular we know right now is Bitcoin. Let's just say last. okay, two nights ago at midnight, Bitcoin was at fifty seven thousand. Okay, you wake up the next morning. Bitcoin was at fifty four thousand. So there's a three thousand dollar deficit between when between two days. So that means that. If they did pay the ransom and it was in cryptocurrency, had they got it sooner, they would have gotten a lot more than what they did. And we don't know when they paid it or whatnot. And yeah, so f- you're saying that Colonial Pipeline paid the ransom. But I, I haven't heard an official announcement saying the ransom was paid because J- President Biden was asked and he never commented that they did pay the ransom. No, but the people speaking for the president, including one John Kerry, did say, what about the pipeline? They said the safest way to transport energy is through a pipeline. But yet these are the same geniuses that canceled the Keystone XL pipeline. And then there was one Biden official who said that, yeah, Colonial uh, Pipeline should probably pay the ransom. Yeah, and I guess if we were under a Republican president, we don't, you know, we don't, we probably, we don't bend to the terrorist will. Well, here's an example. If this was a Republican president and this happened, the same situation, the same things going on with Colonial Pipeline, 
this would be they would be blistering him. So that's what they got. Yeah, okay. Let's go go with that. CNN is reporting Colonial Pipeline did pay the ransom to yeah. the hackers. Sources said, "Now I want to know who are their sources because And it's from CNN, so it has to be true, right? Oh yeah. Because a lot of these journalistic, really legitimate news organizations use sources. Who are those sources? Yeah. So until I get an official announcement by someone who's reputable, not a source, then I'll believe it. But when you have a Biden official saying they should pay the ransom. Yeah. And also they say, hey, the best way for oil and gas to get to us is through a pipeline. But we shut down one because. And they're thinking about shutting down the Dakota, the Dakota access. And, and then that, that just leaves us. Did you see the panic or did you see like some pictures of the panic? of oh, just? Yeah. And it, it didn't affect us because we get our gas other ways. We get our gas through a ship. Yeah, and I think Florida's only, I think it was like 10% affected by this. Yeah, and I think we have a refinery not too far from us. I'm not sure where we get, I'm not, I would have to look into that one. And, but you saw people, did you see somebody filling up a trash bag full of gas? A fist fight between a man and a woman just duking it out? Yeah, and then I go up to Costco where I get my gas, and I'm like, oh, crap, there's a whole bunch of people here. I'm like, is everything all right? But no, it's it's an hour before Costco closed, and everybody wants to get their gas before the next day. Yeah, a lot of it is people panic. But the media, this goes back to what we said, and the media is, is horrible in this country. They yeah. just put the panic mode. It's just like when the the president was going to call, this is last year during the coronavirus, a friend of mine who's a nursing student told me, hey, can you go to the grocery store and get me some food just so I have it because the president's going to call a national emergency. Oh. So I go down to Publix, which is one of our local grocery stores, and it's on a Friday. It's 2 in the afternoon, and I'm looking around. I'm like, why is the parking lot packed? Yeah. So I go into the store, just minding my own business, get my cart, and I see people just grabbing things off the shelves. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what the hell? So I talk to a customer. I goes, what's going on? Oh, the president's going to call a national emergency. Then I go to Walgreens to pick up something. And same thing. And I was talking with one of the workers. And she was like, yeah, I heard a customer saying that the military is going to declare martial law. <laughs> and I'm like, you people have been watching the what's that zombie movie yeah like world war z Dawn of the and dead, then I had to say, walking let me, dead let me explain to you how this works yeah and i had a crowd behind me i didn't see him and then i was like this is how it works and i said the president can't just say martial law it doesn't work like that i only think that our governor called a state of emergency so that the gas or uh, the gas stations can't gouge correct the people which i think was a smart move it was a smart move another yeah. smart move of his was also he will pardon anybody that gets arrested for covid type well governor desantis did of florida when they shut down the economy for two weeks that's all then he reopened yeah but he would but you got to remember back then everybody was afraid that there was going to be inundation of patients into hospitals. We didn't have the supplies. So yeah. we didn't know much about it. He wasn't like Andrew Cuomo of New York or Governor Murphy or New Jersey, Governor Whitmer of Michigan, especially Governor Newsom of California. Yeah. He was very prudent of how we did. So uh, going back to like our the panic buying and stuff like that, if you have an overabundance of something that you need to get rid of, just say that it is just – 
find a way to get it to say somebody say it's scarce and people will just buy it up like it's nothing. During this whole pandemic, remember when it first hit? Mm-hmm. You couldn't get toilet paper. <laughs> Tell me why you're going to panic and grab toilet paper. Yeah. This was a respiratory virus. Yeah. It's just, but people were grabbing the only okay. the funny thing. Are we idiots? No, really. Are we idiots? Yeah, sometimes we, people just Sometimes. I, I feel like I know I'm not really there. I, don't, I Actually, I don't know where I am on the IQ level. I don't know where I am. But I see other people, and when, like, someone news art or some news show goes off and says, bah, 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 and people are just, like, buying it and they're, like, feeding into it. And they're like, oh, my God. We're, like, they're panicking. I'm going, well, what are you worried about? The yeah. only thing I do is we – because we, we live in Florida – and we get hurricanes. I make sure I have extra bottled water, I, which I do. I have. I got to get canned foods, so I make sure I have extra canned food, and then I make sure I have batteries for my flashlights, my little LED lamp lantern. So if the power does go off, yeah, at least have I can get something to eat. I can get something to drink. But people, it's just, it just it it boggles my mind. People just panic. Now the one thing that was left on the shelf. All the snack foods were gone. Canned foods look like it was you're shopping in Russia, except gluten-free and lactose. Those are the only ones left on the shelf. Yeah. No, I feel like it was a good show today. Yeah, I think so. I would like to know what everybody thinks about some of these key issues, whether it's Colonial Pipeline, what's going on in Israel and Gaza, mm-hmm. and especially when we talk about inflation going up. What are their concerns? What do you, I think most Americans aren't really worried about Gaza, Israel. Yeah. I think they're worried, more worried about yeah. inflation. Gas. I don't even think they're worried about inflation yet. Well, no, I think so, too. I think because if you go to the grocery store, and I would ask your wife, who does mania shopping, your wife? Yes. Okay, well, ask her. Has she seen an uptick in meat and eggs and poultry? And all the other, we know gas has gone up. We know construction prices have gone up. Mm-hmm. We know building materials have gone up. I would like to know. I think people are going to feel that more. And what did Carter in was the economy. The icing on the cake was his failure to handle the Iran hostage crisis. Wow. And we still got at least a thousand more days of this administration. But God help us. And we don't even know where Vice President Kamala Harris is at. She's well, been like in college. We can talk about that in the next show. Yeah. All right. So why don't you go ahead and tell them how they can get a hold of us, John? They get a hold of us by going to UbaldiReports at gmail.com. That's UbaldiReports at gmail.com. You can also go to Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Type in Ubaldi Reports. If you go to Facebook, go to Ubaldi Reports group. And short, shortly, we're going to be doing live streaming of this these podcasts, so stay tuned for that. Yep, and we're going to have a Patreon out there soon so everybody can help contribute to the show. Yeah. And we'll get that link out to everybody through our Facebook page. And until then, everybody have a good day. Yeah, keep listening to Ubaldi Reports.